0: are listening to the Richard Miretti Podcast, a limited podcast series presented to you by Haystack Creatives. Delve into the writing world of self-published author Richard Miretti as he journeys through time to examine and dissect not only what makes him write, but also the hard-hitting how and why behind his stories. Enjoy as we flip the pages.
1: Basically, my name is uh, Richard Miriti. I'm uh, in my early 40s. I started in the Navy. After that, I've been uh, working as a contractor for the uh, military um, as a linguist and also on other issues of intelligence. I have that experience for over 20 years. I've traveled uh, across the globe. I've been to Iraq. I've been to Afghanistan uh, in support of our And uh, uh, yes, I live in Southern California uh, with my family.
0: Okay. So until now, you are still active in the military service as a national security expert. Is that so?
1: Yeah, I'm a national security expert. Actually, right now, almost completing a PhD studies in public security. I have master's uh, in criminal justice, and that is Homeland Security. And I also have a bachelor's degree in uh, business administration.
0: And today we're gonna talk about uh, your book. Tell us about the Kenyan Safari and what inspired you to write this book?
1: I've uh, started by saying I'm a uh, beach traveller. Travelling uh, is part of my of my life. Uh, every time I get an opportunity, I feel like, oh, I want to travel to this island or to this place. First and foremost, I have an origin in Africa. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, back in the States, people say, oh, I'm going to visit Africa they don't know specifics of where in Africa. Africa is a continent. Africa has uh, almost 52 countries mm-hmm. and more than 2000 uh, language groups. So I was like, uh, why can't I just zero in on uh, a certain country where people can know where to visit, they just don't say Africa, uh, you know, without specifics. Why don't I choose a country where if really somebody wants to go travel in Africa? They have a specific location, specific hotel, specific monument to go see. You know, uh, very specific things to go visit and see. And just to let people know, there are places here yes, you can visit in Africa. Africa is only it's not limited to what you see on, on television. You know, sometimes there are not very good things to see about Africa. But what what is the beauty of Africa? Basically, that is what I, uh, my aim was to bring out the best in Africa, the jewelry in Africa.
0: And for you, the best of Africa is found in Kenya. Is that correct?
1: Yes, yes, yes. Kenya is uh, the choice for uh, uh, the best tourist destination uh, in terms of cost, in terms of of course, for travel, in terms of hospitality, stuff, in terms of warm people, how they, you know, how people receive you back in Kenya, you feel like you're still back at home because these are warm people, these are friendly people. You really enjoy uh, your visit in Kenya.
0: If you don't mind me asking, Richard. Uh, where are you originally from? Are you from Kenya or somewhere else? Yes, I, yes,
1: I'm originally from Kenya. My father is from
0: Kenya. So you mentioned that for you, of course, unbiased opinion that Kenya is the best place in Africa to visit. Give us more ideas about it because our listeners have not read your book yet. So what are the top three uh, reasons why you say Kenya is the best place to visit if you talk about Africa.
1: Okay, first and foremost, I know the fact that my father is from Kenya. Uh, You might think I have that uh, bias, you know, like I prefer Kenya because my father comes from there. What is besides Kenya? um, I've travelled the world, uh, I've gone to many places and there's no place that I can ever really compare with Kenya. First and foremost, in the season of August is the only place you see will that beast, I think is the seventh wonder of the world. Will that beast migration from Tanzania to Kenya? You see that life. I know people uh watch this on documentaries, you know. Uh, uh of um animals crossing over the river and you know some animals hunting in within that migration after this life i've really enjoyed uh, watching this myself so what is one of the one of the best reasons that i uh, wonder up this the migration that you know every everybody on i side and the second reason is the sun, uh, which is back in the coast of Kenya. This place is not really expensive. Mm-hmm. You can afford a cottage. You can afford the hotels. Uh, and, and not only, I'm not the only person who really uh, likes this place. is via the... Famous people visiting this place, Bill Gates has been there, Naomi Campbell has been there, Prince William has been there, mm-hmm. Vanessa William has been there, Queen Elizabeth has been there, President Obama has been there. Many people have really, and especially even the celebrities, you know, they have uh, ranches over there. Lots of Italians have ranches back in Kenya, most of Germ- uh nationals from Germany, United States, and the UK, they have ranches back there because um, you can afford to buy property there, you can afford to have a holiday home back in Kenya. I'm not basically doing marketing for them, but I can tell you this is the best place to see what you see on documentaries live. You can afford to see a lion costing traffic jam in the capital city of Nairobi because Nairobi is the only now this is for my second reason why I like Kenya. Mm-hmm. Nairobi is the only in the world that has a natural park, okay? A natural wildlife is not like a zoo. Mm. No. You watch over the fence, you see lion hunting, you see zebras, you see the world while in the capital city of Kenya. In, um, in some instances, lions have been able to cross over the road and they just take their time to cross over the road and. Uh, they breach the fence and cross over the road and cause traffic jam. Mm-hmm. But the traffic jam is because of uh, many vehicles back there is caused by these beautiful creatures. And my third reason uh, uh, for visiting Africa, you find all the weather, the coastal weather, the tropical weather. I mean, uh, you won't really have any difficulties when it comes to whether you're going to enjoy even watching the historical sites. Like when you visit the city of Mombasa, you know, slavery never only happened in uh, the west of Africa, but even in the east of Africa. There are many museums, there are many places you really enjoy uh, visiting Kenya.
0: Now this book of yours, uh, again, The Kenyan Safari, it's a guide for those people who are interested to visit the place or even for students who'd like to know more about the Kenyan destination. Now, what is unique about your book, Richard, if you compare it to the materials that we find in the internet or somewhere else online, like videos and probably uh, vlogs, if you're familiar with these. What's, what's the uniqueness of your book compared to the videos and, and websites that we find in the internet?
1: The uniqueness of my book is that uh, for this book is not like targeted like, uh, you know, for what you find in the Internet, probably some companies marketing for a certain country or marketing for a certain product or a certain service. This is a real life experience. I have personally been there. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the places I've personally been. Okay. The places I've enjoyed for myself and my family. And also, is a is a place I've researched. I'm a researcher. I'm doing my PhD uh, right now. Mm-hmm. And for me, even to put something together, I let say it's a well research piece of a book that you're going to uh, read from the beginning and the end. This is not anything imaginary, it's real life experience. Is someone, when I talk of a certain town, a certain city, is a place you go. It's a place you see in my book. You go, you visit there, and you feel that experience I've talked about. This is real life experience. I haven't been sponsored by anybody to do this book. I've done it because I like traveling. I've done it because I love writing also. And I've done it because I want people to know as a part of Africa. Is this my first book? Heck no. This could, this is my third or fourth book, and probably in, the, in some years to come, I'll write about South Africa. Probably I'll write about Ethiopia uh, for, uh, for the time being. Let's learn about Kenya and see whether we can go discover this beautiful place.
0: Allow us to discover Kenya in this podcast, Richard, by sharing to us a few stories that you have in your book. To our listeners, indulge us with these stories and we're very excited to learn about a story or two.
1: uh, Basically, uh, when you have time to learn, learn, uh, especially on the heritage about Kenya, how did Kenya come about, you'll be in a position to run the the Cradle of Mankind. Uh, You know, uh, for those who follow history and how creation happened uh, some thousands and thousands of years back, we have Home of Cradle of Mankind, uh, if you can learn about, if you know about habilis, Homo sapiens, now Kenya is part of Africa where uh, the crowd of mankind was discovered. Uh, uh, it is a home of a thousand human fossils. It is a home to the oldest fossils. The oldest fossils were re- recovered in Targen Hills in Baringo and they are about seven years, 7 million years old. So those who really want to study, they want to know uh, much about humankind, then this is the place to go and visit. Apart from that, you'll be able to get the time to visit the jungle life. You'll be able to see a uh, lion's hunt. You'll be able to see not only lion, cheetah, or leopard, all kinds of animals. You'll see them live, off, and not only in one uh, set of locations. You can go to the Great Rift Valley in Kenya, You can go to the coast of Kenya. You can go to the central of Kenya. You can go to Mount Kenya. All these places. If you love the mountains, you have a place to visit in Kenya. If you love the beaches, you have the places to visit in Kenya. If you love kind of a desert-like place, you have Trukana. Trukana, the places to visit in Kenya. You have always around. If you want to learn about people, the Maasai people, most of people are the people who've not really killed their traditions. They still live in their hearts. They still, they're nomads. They take care of cows and cattle. You know, they're still doing their thing from uh, the founding of, you know, these walls. They're still doing, doing that. So uh, essentially, you'll be able to have an opportunity to see these people live the places they live, because the Maasai community, majority of them still live in the world, still be able to see, to have this real opportunity of seeing uh, the people who are still adding cattle, taking care of uh, uh, their cattle back in the world. And they are friendly people.
0: If you can share to us one particular story in the book that you think is uh, very significant, and I think, and you think is very interesting story for our listeners, we would like to listen to it right now. If you don't mind sharing,
1: I'll share this personal story. So, um, in the book, I've not personalized the story. There's this one time, uh, um, I had, uh, flew to Kenya just to go see the wild, and uh, while in the traffic, you know there was a Big traffic jam, so we didn't know where this traffic started, where the traffic ended, and uh, you know, just a couple. I think we stayed there for all, almost four hours. Then uh, we didn't know what what was really happening ahead, uh, but we had a bunch of uh, uh, a pride of lions that had breached the fence at the Nairobi National Park. And they were just there on the road, uh, you know, sleeping and just enjoying their time in the sun. And they caused a big traffic. Now, those people who were driving were not in a hurry to leave because they were taking a videos, pictures. And they caused this traffic jam that made me even uh, to miss my flight that same evening. But I really enjoyed the experience, even though personally, I was not able to view those lions uh, that had caused this traffic jam. This is what some people might have called it of a particular concern, but for the travelers, this is a moment you see once in a lifetime.
0: Wow, there was a very, you know, once in a lifetime experience there. What caused the traffic were, you know, real animals on the street. And Richard, tell me or tell our listeners, uh, what did you learn when you were writing this book, the whole experience of writing?
1: One of the things I was learning, you know, I learned while writing this book is that, yes, I mean, there may be a voice that is out there, especially for young kids, for families, uh, and for people who really love different cultures, different places. In this book, you'll be able to see a different other heritage. You'll be able to see the inside of Africa, and in particular, in Kenya. You'll be able to see the inside of humanity in the other part of the world that many people do not know. You'll be able to see that, um, you know, this, this uh, misconception that Africa is chaotic. I mean, it's not a place you can live. It's not a place you can really even be comfortable. You'll see wonderful, wonderful gallery of pictures. In my book, these pictures represent how the people are enjoying their stay back in Africa. They are going to the shopping malls just like we do here in the United States. I mean, they bring everything. You'll be able to see, I mean, this is an eye-opener uh, to people who haven't been out there, you know, to people who've just been told about Africa. Now, this is a different way of telling a story in a different perspective. This is not a story of family where kids are dying. It's not a story of where people are dying because of some diseases. No, this is a story of where people are enjoying their vacation. The people are enjoying the fruit of their labor by visiting, you know, as the best places around the world.
0: Right now, Richard, with the with the the hype of the pandemic, of course it's not that easy to travel anywhere in the world. Do you think your book is challenged with what's going on? in the world right now because your book talks about traveling and you know inviting people to go to Kenya how did the pandemic affected you and in your pursuit of you know getting this book out there in the market
1: actually I see it in a different perspective because mm-hmm. uh, right now people are not kind of traveling they are at home with their children and everything uh, maybe this is the kind of a book you can buy and you know you read in your home and Give to your family, friend, and give to those retirees who really want to discover the world. I tend this the book has come as a blessing in this case because people, those who like to read, they have something to read about. Not only read because this is a, not an imaginary story; no, it's a real story, the real life story of a country called Kenya. So yeah, people for now, they can read and when they get time, probably during the course of their lifetime, I know they'll be able to go and visit some place back in Africa. And uh, also, uh, for one point, one of the major points I forgot, I've also talked about, because when we watch on TV, we see Kenyans, the long distance runners, uh, we see the marathon runners. I've talked about this culture, I've talked about these people, Why you can find them in my book where you can see them and what they've done back in Kenya. So this is really a place of mixed blessings and you'll be able to discover basically every part of Kenya. I've even shared a great maps about Kenya, the places you can be at any one time, where to go. It's like a GPS but in, in a book form.
0: Wow, a GPS in a, but in a book form. Wonderful. Yes. So, yes, what is your message to the people listening to you right now? Richard, what do you have to say to the people who are listening or are interested to grab a copy of your book? Yeah, please tell us.
1: Uh, when you see a book on the shelf that titled The Kenyan Safari, a to Z Guide About Kenya, if uh, you may want to get that book, share it with your children, share it with your family, and... Uh, This is another part, like I can say, of a documentary in a book form to know more about Kenya, more about the culture, more about the places to really, really visit. The places have the names, they have the address, they have basically where you can go in person. My book is rich with pictures. You'll be able to see real pictures, real people who visited Kenya this is the book to read
0: where can they find you richard written they want to uh, know more about you probably you have a website uh, a social media page where can people find you probably email
1: on the email you can find me at uh, richard at uh, my name is richard militi in the social media you'll find me uh, by that name you can email me anytime and uh also, I'm not, you know, I, my phone number is uh, 508-864-1609. And uh, my publisher uh, basically are uh, setting up, you know, a very, very beautiful website where you'll be able to see me and talk with me. But for now, uh, you can have my email, like I said, richie, richard at So You can also text. Me on 508 864
0: 1609. All right. We appreciate your time and your efforts in sharing your book to the world and to our listeners today, Richard. Any final words you want to impart to our listeners for tonight or for today?
1: This is what I can say. Many people have visited Kenya. Uh, all these stars, Hollywood tiles, are to You know, like I've mentioned before, they've been to this place. Maybe may want to go discover this place. It's not an expensive place. It's a a place where anybody can afford so long as you take yourself there, flight to Kenya. And I can say, see Africa.
0: All right. Well said. Thank you very much, Richard, for your time. We appreciate it.
1: Thank you so very much. I appreciate
0: it. And you take care now. You've reached the end of the episode of the Richard Miretti Podcast. See you in the next episode with nothing but more stories from Richard. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts.